Do you want to see my face? Hosting and bandwidth provided by the Blue Box Group. Check them out at bluebox.net. This episode is sponsored by Component One, makers of Widgmo. If you need stunning UI elements or awesome graphs and charts, then go to widgmo.com and check them out. Don't panic, be for most of hey, everybody, and welcome to episode 45 of the JavaScript Jabber Show. This week on our panel, we have AJ O'Neill. Yo, 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 coming at you live from the screencastosphere of Provo, Utah. So I have to ask, AJ, you realize this is a podcast and that it's coming to no one live, right? <laughs> it's got a good point. Uh, we also have Merrick Christensen. I'm live right now. <laughs> yeah, I'm Merrick. Joe Eames. Uh, I'm not Merrick. I'm Joe. He's Joe. Jameson Dance. Hello, friends. And I'm Charles Maxwood Hi, from, from devchat.tv. And uh, this week we're going to be talking about jQuery. So uh, I'm assuming we've all used jQuery at least a little bit. Yes. Yep. If you're doing web stuff, it's pretty handy. Actually, the first JavaScript code I ever wrote was messing with somebody's little jQuery stuff on a form. And mm-hmm. I remember I couldn't get it to all work right, so I just had to set async to false. And I was Ouch. like, man, this JavaScript language is stupid. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I wish my first experience had been with jQuery because I was not using jQuery when I was first using JavaScript, and it was terabad. It's like, this works properly in no browsers. Because each tutorial is wrong. Yeah, well, I remember back in the day when I was using Prototype for my uh, web app. So jQuery was a huge step up for the, from the, from uh, Prototype, I have to say. Why? It just I, I, the, the, interfa- oh. the interface, uh, the API felt better to me. I can't really quantify how. That's fair. I, you know, I I was a big Mootools fan, and I I I was not a I was kind of a hate query, if you will, like. I, as, I as you should be. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't. Uh, I didn't hate jQuery per se, but I really loved MooTools uh, just because the APIs were just so beautiful, and also all of this new age, like these these structural libraries like Backbone and all that kind of thing, was really natural in MooTools already, right? Because because everything was so uh, class oriented uh, and and I'm not saying classes are the only way to organize your code but that's certainly the way that backbone and these kinds of frameworks are are making it out to be with perhaps the exception of angular but I I I loved MooTools the API was just awesome granted they did that by by sugaring prototypes which which was a tearful road and also that community struggled a little bit with elitism which is probably why I liked being in it so much <laughs> I, could just, I believed like, it was elite. I, I could just look down on everybody else is kind of what I tried to do anyways. So Prototype came out of Rails first, right? Um, no, the guy that wrote Prototype um, works for 37 Signals on Basecamp. That's the Rails company. Yes. And Stevenson. <laughs> yep. And uh, anyway... I, I don't think he wrote it specifically for Rails or vice versa. Uh, yeah, I don't think he worked there at the got, time. Like, included in Rails, right? It was, yes, it was, it was the default in Rails forever. Yeah, that's what it was. Yeah, and, and like, Prototype was a pioneer, man. Like, it, it brought on the, like, people look at jQuery like it was a pioneer. Nah, man, jQuery was the, was, was a follower. Elitism coming back. <laughs> jQuery was certainly second, you know, followed prototype but um you know don't uh don't discount their innovation and taking what prototype was doing and saying let's re- let's do what they're trying to do but rethink it differently yeah I mean, to be fair they're they're kind of different right like like jquery is very much a dom abstraction library right. whereas prototype and mootools tend to be well honestly i don't know like even the guy that wrote prototype doesn't take prototype seriously uh, <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, which is which is sad for those guys who are working on. It. I apologize if I I don't mean to discount anyone's work or anything is like that. Maintained? I think it is. I'm not sure. I, I thought there was prototype two. Huh? Mm-hmm. Is that maybe? No, I'm thinking of Scriptaculous. Yeah, Scriptaculous is like an add-on. Yeah, I'm I'm looking so, forward. 
Which that guy ended up writing Zepto though, so like I don't know if he's even worried about Scriptaculus anymore. I'm I'm pretty stoked about the Mootools is hopefully gonna be launching like an AMD version of all their stuff where you can install the prototypes, which um I hope I hope they stick to that plan. That would be money in the bank. Yeah, I was so, actually looking at Mootools when I switched from prototype to jQuery. Yeah. I, I think this is the reason that um well so Mootools and Prototype are a little bit more structured, right? So people coming into JavaScript have a little bit harder of a time with it if they're not already familiar with programming. jQuery was kind of meant for the idiot who has no idea what he's doing and is using PHP on the back end. You know? Oh my easy, gosh, dude. Easy. I've never heard <laughs> such elitism. <laughs> Coming like, from the Mootools guy. No, he's even more elite than the Mootools community. <laughs> dude. I'm not elite. I'm just saying that dude, you anything know else is okay. You know what they say, dude? They say that confidence is more frequently begotten by ignorance than it is experience. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, let me let me rephrase that. So what I'm saying is that jQuery is popular because the API is simpler. It's a lot easier to wrap your head around than the other ones. It's a much lower learning curve. Everything is just overloaded into the single dollar sign operator, and that makes it a win. Like I like it's not the only reason that makes it a win. But yeah. I mean, why is it better than? I do think that's why it has massive adoption. Is because exactly. it has a very a consumable API. Like it, their API is beautiful, right? Like digestible. It is. Simple. It's very like. Which, which doesn't necessarily make for the ma most maintainable code by default. Like, I, we've all seen jQuery abusers. Like, I have this article on my blog where I just talk about DOM libraries, uh, and then I also talk about structural libraries. And in the structural libraries article, I talk about how people who get a hold of jQuery end up abusing it uh, beyond all reason and sometimes can create a bit of a, a mess. Which only validates AJ's point that it's for idiots. <laughs> well, so so that language was a little strong. I don't really believe that jQuery is for idiots, but um, I mean, because I use jQuery, I think the API is a win, but it is not the best API. Really, it's it's a little difficult in its simplicity. It's yeah. it's oversimplified. Well, just because everything goes to one function, like everything comes out of one object. It's nice well, to have that separation of concerns. So much hate. <laughs> <laughs> so so how would you like to see it broken up, AJ? Well, I think that the way that Mootools and Prototype do it is nice. It's just, honestly, it's not as convenient. It's more typing. It's another, you know, nine characters per operation in some cases. And so... You're, you're looking... I think you're looking at it wrong jQuery is, I, a friend of mine coined this, and I really agree with him, jQuery is a DSL for the DOM. That's what it is. Yes, that is 90% true. There's another 10% of stuff that isn't DOM related, but yeah. Yeah, and you know what? The 10% of stuff that isn't DOM related? It's Nobody uses. That's found better yeah, elsewhere. That was, that was the big thing I had to accept before I really embraced jQuery. And, and Ryan Florence is the one that helped me look at it because he was a... He was a mentor of mine and still is actually, but but we, we ended up talking about mood tools a lot together and he ended up switching to jQuery at some point. And I remember him describing it as like once you can accept it as nothing but like a DOM abstraction library, it's a lot more uh, it's a lot easier to digest, you know. And also jQuery UI offers jQuery widget, which is sort of like this classy sort of inheritance thing too. Like those jQuery guys know what they're doing. Uh, they just have a different philosophy than, than I guess, some of the historical programming context, which isn't a bad thing at all. It's actually quite interesting in a lot of ways. Yeah. And it's funny because there's been a fair amount of uh, condescension so far on the show heading towards jQuery, yet you know, it, jQuery brought JavaScript development to the mainstream. I don't know. I, that's I don't true. Know that's that. I, I, I think it is. I, I happen I to agree. I don't think you can argue with that. I don't yeah. know. I think I think Mary's there was gonna a, try. I'm going to try. Yeah. I think that there was a culmination <laughs> of things, right? Like, like Perfect for example, star. faster browsers. People wouldn't have got so excited about .animate if it didn't uh, perform at all, right? If all the animations were choppy, like. But they were all choppy until jQuery came out. No, <laughs> like the reason they made the browser faster is because people were building stuff with things like jQuery. You think so? Yeah, well, they didn't make the browser. 
the, the browser faster so that they could do more cool stuff. People were doing more cool stuff. The browser was too slow, and so they made it faster. Sounds mm. made up. <laughs> I, I, understand, I, I understand and see your point, Merrick, but that to me that's kind of like saying that um, the market that wanted iPods was the reason that um, Apple was successful, right? Yeah. That's and what I'm saying. Apple, Apple brought the iPod out at the same time that the market wanted iPads. So the two events corresponded to each other, but really Apple was the one that brought the iPod. And you know, you know, I think that jQuery Sure, yeah. Enabled... No, there's, there's no there's no question that jQuery lowered the barrier for writing JavaScript, particularly because it abstracted away all of those the things that people hated most about JavaScript, like the fact that you couldn't depend on something across a environment. Right. Yeah, I want I want to hear though, like what what the other things you think culminated in JavaScript coming to the mainstream other than jQuery and fast browsers. Okay, yeah. So I, fast browsers. So I think fast browsers. V8, Firefox in particular. Firefox with uh, Firebug, like they made developing with JavaScript mm-hmm. just so much easier. I, I don't know if you guys remember having to install Firebug back in the day. And, and web developer tools. Yeah, that was a follower. I don't think that. I mean, I oh yeah, the web. Are you talking there. about the toolbar? I remember yeah, that. The, yeah, the toolbar where you click on it yeah, and it does yeah. it does the same thing as the Elements tab in Chrome does now. Yeah, that thing was money in the bank, man. Oh, so amazing. Um, and uh, I think V8, and then eventually that forked into Node, which I think that I think Node did a, a whole world of good for helping people separate JavaScript from the DOM, which they didn't do beforehand in a lot of ways. And Node is kind of helped that like better, more maintainable JavaScript. Well, you're missing out on, I think, one of the key, key ingredients in that whole mix-up, which is uh, just the market. Users started demanding better websites, and it pushed people to need to do more and more JavaScript. And when they started looking around, jQuery was the well, obvious answer. Another, another. well, I don't yeah, know if I well, can jQuery that. I'd say JavaScript or the web stack, right? Mm-hmm. Like, that's another thing that I think was a culmination that brought JavaScript to the forefront, is you have mobile devices, you have iPads. You have this huge fragmentation of platforms, and the only way to consistently write an app for all of them is is really. I mean, there's there's all sorts of transpilers, but really is to is to target the web. Yeah. So, the the thing is, though, is that the way that you make a lot of that approachable is the approach that jQuery took. Totally, but I think that all of these things created a mainstream. Like like someone could write a really dope uh, library in Scala, but that doesn't mean Scala is going to take the world by storm. Does that make sense? Yeah, you don't have the option for Scala in the browser, and that's that's kind of the exactly. arena so the that fact- JavaScript is forced upon you one way or the other. Exactly, and so and so the fact that jQuery enabled something, all these different devices created a need because you wanted to write cross-platform apps. We still do. Uh, then you have the performance boost that offers. Like I, I that's why I'm 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 hesitant to give jQuery the the reins on saying like these guys brought JavaScript to the world. You know. I think they certainly helped. They certainly lowered the barrier, but I wouldn't give them that title. Well, I, I, the community that followed uh, Web Designer Wall, like all these tutorials that actually started giving you JavaScript that was usable that you could count on to work. Like, no, it's it's not all jQuery, but it's kind of like they're what caught on in all the stuff that yeah. hinged on jQuery. It could have hinged on something else, right? Like. Like maybe if if prototype had been a little bit simpler, just you know, just a few letters shorter in the typing, then maybe you know it would have been the one. But yeah, but it's like it's just like uh, Visual Basic. Visual Basic brought visual development to the development world, and they they weren't. I don't think they were the very first to do it, but they were the first mainstream one, and they made it easy and approachable enough. And then all of a sudden, everybody's doing Windows apps with drag and drop designers. Because of what they saw with Visual Basic. No, and and just to be clear, like I'm not trying to be an antagonist against jQuery or anything like that. I I use jQuery daily. Like I think it's a great library. Right. You you just don't think it deserves the credit that we were giving it. Yeah, I don't think it. I don't think it brought. I don't think it alone brought JavaScript to the masses. I think I think that JavaScript very happily was the language of the web, and it it was a restriction that we all had to embrace when platforms splintered, uh, and people still refused to embrace it, which is okay. Like you see all sorts of these transpilers, like Appcelerator. There's one in C Sharp. 
There was one for road, like Ruby Roads or something, Ruby Motion. Like, there's lots of people trying to avoid writing JavaScript, you know? Well, still, maybe you could say it a different way, but I think that without jQuery, and if, assuming nobody else had stepped up with a, a library just as elegant and simple, that we would not be anywhere near where we are today when it comes to web development. Yeah, I mean, like, people were using Flash for stuff. Oh, no. <laughs> I, I really think that... Yeah, once people got in and started working in the in the in JavaScript in the browser, it was jQuery that really facilitated moving things ahead. Um, yeah. I'd love to see a graph of uh, number of jQuery installations on websites versus number of Java and Flash apps on websites. Well, you you, you know that those are changing due to several factors, but we're kind of getting off topic. Um, no, the jQuery though, like like I've seen people do, you know phenomenal things with prototype seeing people do phenomenal things with Moo tools like i don't oh, yeah. think that jquery somehow enable people to have superpowers like I, I don't know i'm just not i'm not i'm not fanboying the jquery as much as you guys are i guess <laughs> so here's here's something i hate jquery i hate it so much whoa but but they have a nice api and i'm trying to hate it less it's just i can't for one particular reason it has some sort of custom error handler which catches your errors and does not print a stack trace. And I, I like, and when you open up the browser console, it will not tell you what line the error was thrown on. It'll just, it'll give you a couple of function names without any line numbers, and then it will tell you, like, jQuery.min.js, line two, position 16,000. Can you put that into a gist or something or JS Fiddle and give us a link? Because I'd really like to see that. I, I really feel like it's made up. What? What's made up? <laughs> like you, the, the like I said, I'd, I'd really like to see it. Dude, I love trolling you so much, man. <laughs> I'm sorry. All right. Well, well I want to change tactics a little bit um, and just talk about some of the things that jQuery does that make life nice. Well, you know, whether you like it or not, you know, some of the things that, that people really appreciate about it. I think one of the things for me that's a big deal is just the, the cross platform, you know, on, um, on most browsers, you can basically set up a click event or whatever the same way and it'll work everywhere kind of thing. Right. I, I really, really like that because then I don't have to go figure out what Microsoft did to IE and, you know, what Firefox is expecting over there and stuff like that. I, I can just set it up once and everybody kind of honors it. Right. I think that the uh, CSS uh, selection is my favorite part of jQuery. And yeah, I, the selection. Sure they were the first people to do that. Was prototype, prototype wasn't doing that before them, were they? I don't recall. I think you had to look it up by ID or something, but I don't remember precisely. They have selector engines. Mutools certainly does. In fact, Mutools factored theirs out. About who's the first? Yeah, I don't know for sure. Well, the selector engine was certainly a smart idea. It was the first time that anybody ever said, hey, JavaScript and CSS are actually part of the same application. Maybe they should be able to work together. Yeah. Well, the other thing that's nice about it is that it gave you a convenient shorthand based on the CSS selectors. And so you didn't have to look up by ID or look up by class. You could just do a dollar and then look it up by dot class or, you know, hash ID. And so it's easy to follow that way. I love the class selectors. I mean, that's pretty much the main thing. And then, and then, you know, it's it's too bad that that form elements weren't standardized when they were standardized because you know the idea that that you have to access the value of a radio box differently than you access the value of a text field differently than you access the value of a text area differently than you access the value of a checkbox. So yeah. it's it's not like you can just select something and say dot value. And so it's really great that jQuery said, well, screw that. Let's just make it so if you hit dot val, no matter what type of form element it is, it's going to figure out how to give you the thing that you're expecting. So you can change your form element type from a text area or a text field to a text area if you find you need more space and you don't have to go back and change your JavaScript. Yeah. Chaining. For me, that's another big, big win out of Java, out of jQuery was the ability to chain and keep selecting down or keep manipulating, you know, do an animation, then another, then another. 
I really like chaining. So, so it looks like Prototype had the ability to select stuff, like on commit to. Oh, and now you're back to Prototype. Sorry, six years ago, they had that ability. Yeah, I remember looking stuff up yeah. using Any, Prototype. Anyways, I don't I'm sorry. Remember how it all worked. In terms of me and jQuery, I like I said, I love that it mitigates the the browser differences. Yep. That's what it's all about for me. One thing that I think is interesting about jQuery, though, is that they had to spin off jQuery Mobile. I'm I'm not completely sure what you get out of that versus just regular jQuery. You know why the paradigm is that different? You know, touch versus click. I think click. jQuery Mobile is it has like UI components and things like that, though. Okay. Kind of like jQuery I, UI. Yeah, like I don't think it's just a device mitigator, but it also does like touch stuff and UI stuff. I could be wrong though. If I'm wrong. I've actually never used jQuery mobile. I haven't either. So while we're talking about jQuery, there's also QUnit, which is part of the like jQuery family. Have you guys used that? Yes, heavily. I used it once. Yeah, I've looked at it. I haven't really used it. But I know that that's what they used to test jQuery. Yeah. Didn't it get extracted from the tests they had for jQuery, kind of? Yeah, I think it was just the result of when they were testing jQuery. They, they just wrote all their tests and noticed they did a bunch so of similar things. Can, is QUnit dependent on the DOM? Can you test node code with QUnit? Uh, yeah, you can test node with QUnit. That's sweet. Speaking of jQuery, can you run jQuery in node? Do you have to have like some fake DOM or something to make it work? You do, and you can. I'm not thinking of many useful uh, scenarios for that, but... Are you kidding scraping, me? Scraping, scraping templating? Oh, okay. Get close scraping. to that mic, Merrick. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. That's so uh, <laughs> I am, I'm no longer the maintainer of it. However, I was the first person to publish the jQuery node module. Huh. Wow. And then, like, we have important got, people here. I got tons of followers on it, and I felt so bad because I didn't do anything really. I just... I just like put a little shim around it so it'd work and published it. Put it on the he mailing uses, list. He uses JSTOM, right? Dude, Merrick has yeah. like twenty open source publishings that are pretty much just that. How dare you? <laughs> I'm, pre- I'm pretty, sure, pretty sure I've got Merrick beat though. It's it's not about it's not about the size of the project, but how you maintain it. <laughs> I'm, oh I'm oh, I will maintain my projects. High five Ouch. to the face. Uh, so one other thing i really like about uh, jquery is the the css manipulation stuff so not the selectors but um, actually being able to change attributes and and add classes and set css element or css properties i guess on uh on on the what do you call them on the elements on the page sorry my brain's like running at half speed and my mouth is way ahead of it no i i agree i like i i I think jquery one of the things that i really like about jquery is that they give you this awesome sort of plug-in mechanism which people tend to abuse but they but they let you write code and i think this is largely contributory to their success is that somebody could add something that's some pretty sophisticated javascript to their code by including a file grabbing their element and then calling you know dot make awesome on it so so they're plugging every element yeah their plug-in architecture is pretty cool oh yeah that's no doubt a huge if not the biggest reason why that was a huge contributor to jquery's success was plug-in architecture also love yeah yeah their plug-in architecture is money in the bank i also love their uh amd support Yeah, no, no it, it, it says right on the front page that it has yeah, AMD shout support. Out to that. And by the way, they, they did a redesign on their documentation and their website for the first time since like 2006 or something. It actually looks really yeah, good. Pretty good. Yeah, it's pretty now. Yeah, it yeah. looks it looks like a new project. Back, back, back before you were in high school. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, one other thing I, I want to bring up. Have you, any of you guys used jQuery UI? Nope. A little bit. I've used it once or twice. So jQuery UI comes with things like date pickers and right. other stuff. I haven't used like the tabbing or anything like that, but the yeah, it's kind of funny because it's almost like you know I, I get the feeling when I use jQuery UI, and I know that this isn't truly how it went, but it's like they went through and looked at all the con- people, the plugins that people had made, and said, "Oh, these five are kind of cool. Let's just package them up and call it jQuery UI," right? 
That's because if anything that they provide, you can go out there and you can find sixty variations on it. Yeah, but I do. I like jQuery. I've used it a lot. It's nice using the one that's a little bit more standard and therefore a little bit more tested. But it's it's just it's to me it's just kind of funny. Yep. Yeah, I, I've I've only pulled it in for when I need those couple of elements. I really haven't done much else with it. But I know that you can skin it and stuff like that. But yeah, it's it, it really is just a convenient set of plugins for jQuery. The other thing that I really like about jQuery is is they have a community that is just so like awesome. Like the the cre- like the maintainers and creator are just like some of the nicest people that you find on the internet's, you know, in the JavaScript world. They they don't shun beginners or anything like that at all. Like they're just good people. I like that none of you guys care about how good the people are. For example, there's some. <laughs> there's, he just trolled us all at once. <laughs> no, there's there's some projects where people just have sort of a an arrogance about them, or they can just be kind of condescending to newcomers, etc. But jQuery <laughs> jQuery has a very very much like a a kind community. Yeah, it's really true, and there are a lot. Uh, the one thing that's also true about the community is there is a huge breadth of people out there that are writing blog articles and what have you about it. So there's, it's usually pretty easy to find answers to your questions. But yeah, you can jump into any community discussion, and I found that uh, no matter if my question's kind of a basic one or not, that people are willing to just say, "Hey, here's the answer. Here's how you here's how you go about it. Go look at this plugin. Go do this." Have any of you guys written plugins? Yeah, of course. Sure. Uh huh. I remember I was still pretty new to JavaScript the first time I wrote one, and boy, that bent my brain. I I couldn't quite figure out why they were doing half the stuff I had to do to get it to work. Yeah, it 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 certainly takes advantage of binding this context. Binding this context. Yeah, making this uh, your you know the jQuery object or yeah. the element that you're acting on. So like you take heavy advantage of using this extensively in your jQuery plugins. Yeah. Um, and that's because they're they. They call it accordingly. But I, I will say that jQuery plugins are easy to do small ones, but once you start making a big one, it's hard to make a maintainable jQuery plugin that's of any reasonable size. Or by hard, I mean it takes a little bit more thought than just throwing it together, which is why you see so many plugins that are just really poorly crafted. In one episode we did, you said that you worked at a place where they use jQuery plugins as their, basically as their like module system. So every... Yeah. Everything was written as a jQuery plugin, and then you just accessed it through jQuery. Yep. Yep. That sounds like the if all you have is a hammer, everything looks like a nail thing. Yeah, I mean, that's definitely true. Definitely true. And it worked for them. It worked for them just fine. But uh, you're right. They had one hammer, and they didn't go looking for another hammer. And part of that was, you know, it comes back to that whole jQuery is so easy. So, it's so it makes it so much easier to do web development. If you got a bunch, if you got some developers, and you don't do tons and tons and tons of JavaScript, but you do some, so it's easy to get developers comfortable with jQuery, right? And once they're comfortable with jQuery, if you provide them a little template for making plugins and kind of put the paradigm of anytime you're going to do stuff in JavaScript, just throw it into a plugin and make it work like that. It just takes all the thought about how I'm going to organize my J- my JavaScript code away. So it, it really worked out well for them. I don't recommend it for doing things of any size or by any means, but you know it's it's some simplicity, and I think every so often we we see solutions that are too simple, and you want to kind of like diss on them, right? Because it's like, oh, you're not doing anything sophisticated, but sometimes that simplicity just works out to to your benefit. So, yeah, I know I have mixed feelings about it, but I think for them it really worked out. Sorry, I'm trying to load this image of. Uh jQuery not throwing errors or whatever. And, and I'm coming up with a better one to counter Merrick's point because I've, I've actually been able to create a case where it shows the stack trace without any line numbers. Man, so you, gonna, two, you two got to let it go. You two got to let no. it go. <laughs> no, I, it's a battle to the death now. This yeah. is an emotional thing here. I've been hurt, okay? I'm, I'm getting even. <laughs> not I'm, I'm chill as a cucumber, man. I'm wearing a kimono right now. Putting you two in a room <laughs> and I'm not opening up the door until you're hugging. All right. Well, um, we'll have Mandy put the uh, this image into the show notes so that people can see what what you're talking about. Are you gonna put my counter image in there because because his image doesn't do anything except for show what JavaScript actually does. <laughs> <laughs> Come over here, Barry. Come a little closer. 
<laughs> so let's, let's got some yeah we'll, we'll, we'll get them both in there so moving on to more questions and topics about jQuery something relevant Ender Zepto okay so we have the what what are those are those just alternatives or are they they're things that try to be API compatible with jQuery sort of okay so, so they're, trying to, they're trying to lodash jQuery's underscore? No, yeah, kind of. exactly. Uh, no, like Zepto, Zepto is geared to work like like the pieces of jQuery that it can't that it can implement with WebKit. It it lets that work, right? So the idea being, you could sh- theoretically, in a huge majority of the cases, ship your app with Zepto, and it's a much smaller footprint in place of jQuery um, for mobile devices. Okay. Because it defers a lot of those methods to WebKit. Okay, the the thing that I'm wondering then is um, how big is the footprint? It says on the jQuery site it's 32K minified and gzipped. Is that too big for mobile? No, I don't. It, that's, that's one of those things that uh, different people have different stances on, you know. Zepto is only 8.4 kilobits, though. Okay. Are, are there any other fundamental philosophical differences between the two, though? Ender doesn't have docs. That's a <laughs> philosophical difference. <laughs> yeah, and Ender well, is very much... You don't because it's API compatible. When I want to know how to do something in Ender, I look it up on jQuery. No, uh, Ender... <laughs> That's like the ultimate outsourcing, right? Uh, no, no. <laughs> jQuery perfected the API, despite what Mary believes. There you go. go. If you want to know how this works, go to India. Does their docs just no. redirect to jQuery? The docs. No, they, they have some docs. They're just not very yeah, extensive. We're also like Somebody. we're also terribly misrepresenting Ender right now. Ender is like very much compose your own library. Like they're not they're not aiming to be, you know, API compliant per se. They very much want you to compose these micro frameworks into kind of a build of build what you need. And, and now that you can do that with Grunt.js and jQuery, maybe it's not as important to have Ender, but I like that Ender throws stack traces that have line numbers. <laughs> oh, man. We're not going to let this drop, are we? <laughs> what about Zepto? That's what I was talking I've about. I've actually never used Zepto. It's like, it's like a WebKit version of jQuery. So so the functionality of jQuery that can be handled with WebKit, it, it just defers that functionality to WebKit. And so it's like a people use it often as like a mobile version of I should say an iOS slash some Android browsers version of jQuery. Does it um, do anything that jQuery doesn't? It, I don't think so. I think they aim to try and be very compatible. I, I wouldn't be surprised if they do have some things, like touch events. Yeah, so touch events is one, obviously, which which is evident that they are trying to be very mobile target. Right. You know, I, to me, that seems like a, a huge amount of evidence about jQuery's just efficacy is the fact that um, any competing libraries are, at the very best, they're trying to basically exactly duplicate jQuery, but take one aspect and be better, like size in the case of Zepto. Um, well, I mean, if the API is perfect, why change it? Yeah, exactly. And, and, and again, it's like jQuery has, they came up with a really good idea when they started off, and then they've kept that up. They haven't let, they haven't stagnated and let somebody you know, else say, oh, there's something you're missing and do it and then take over. jQuery is just only growing in popularity still today. There is one thing that jQuery doesn't do particularly well that I wish it did better in terms of the API. It doesn't do a good enough job of making DOM objects like regular JavaScript objects. Like, for example, for each is missing on DOM arrays. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, can we can we segue into things we don't like about jQuery now? <laughs> Wait, that has. I feel like that's been the. Yeah, isn't that how we started? Show. Yeah, that's fine. Let's go ahead. I didn't think we were doing that because I was defending it while you guys were hating on it. <laughs> I love jQuery in a hateful way. <laughs> I mean, it's a love hate relationship. I, can't I love stay away jQuery. From it. Down with jQuery. Yeah. To be honest, I'm pretty sure this whole podcast has just been AJ versus Merrick. <laughs> um, <laughs> And it's funny because I don't like jQuery either, but I'll defend it, and I I don't know. I mean, I like it, but it, I like jQuery, you guys. I just wish that it threw stack traces. 
I feel like your entire opinion of jQuery is based on this one, this yeah. one experience you've had. It I was, feel like that horse is dead, and there's no reason he, to keep yeah, beating it. Yeah, he was probably shrooming when he had that experience. Too. <laughs> <laughs> so one one thing that I've seen with jQuery, and and this goes back to the modularity of it, is that it seems like it has like a everything is on that one object. You know, you have your dollar whatever, and so you have like dollar Ajax, and you have um, dollar, you know, each and dollar FN and all those, and and then um, once you find something with a selector, then the rest of the API is on that. Right. I mean, you you really only have two namespaces, and it's like the 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 dollar namespace and then the object namespace, and that's it. And so um, at the same time, I mean, it is really convenient that you can just call whatever you need on it. So, I don't know. Yeah. Well, I'm not really sure that I understand your point. Is that something you don't like about it? Because you didn't really make much of a case for something not to like. I'm not sure what my opinion is, if that's a good thing or a bad thing. Let me put it that way. All right. Well, I want to chime in with something I don't like about jQuery, and that is um, they haven't publicized, published and made and created a public API for writing custom selectors. And to me, that's a hugely powerful thing. And there's been versions of jQuery where you could write custom selectors, and then they, if you, but if you did, later versions would break it because it was you're basically uh, using a non-public or non-fixed API in order to do it. And so if you did that, it, I just thought it was hugely powerful to be able to write your own custom selectors. And then, but it, just certain versions that would work and certain versions that w it wouldn't. Yeah, that was kind of a a promise that they weren't sure if they wanted to deliver on, it seems right. like. And what's funny is the same, like the current version of jQuery, if you take the same functionality that used to exist, and I, I don't know the version numbers, but I think it was like one, practically one version ago. What are we on, 194 now? I don't know. So 192, like, I thought. And so this is like in 184 or something like that. Let me check. You could get in there and you could see for the selector, you could actually see four pieces of information, like the index of the element you're on, the entire set of the elements. and. What did I know? Sorry. Oh, no. okay. Yeah, what did I know? Sorry. And so you used to be able to see all this metadata, so it was easy to write your own custom selector. And then the current version, like that metadata is actually broken, right? So like the current index... If you're enumerating through your list of, you know, you select, say, 10 divs, and you go through, each one will read that the current index is 1. So I one thing that I don't like about jQuery, and it's not jQuery per se, it's more how people use it. I think it's a lot of rope for people, um, and it encourages some bad habits like storing state in the DOM, for example, things like that, that can tend to grow really unmaintainable in bigger apps. And that's, it's fair to, to say that this is a problem with jQuery because its strengths are also its weaknesses. Making it so easy and so approachable is also a weakness because now it's uh, lacking in structure. So I, I think one interesting thing to note is I don't know that people were super aware that was a problem before jQuery made it really easy. Right. Like, these are problems that come from the evolution of JavaScript. I guess we already kind of talked about this. Yeah, 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 but you see it in other languages, too. I mean, I've, I've heard it about pretty much any language out there that has features or functions in it that make it easy to, you know, manipulate things at, at a deep level. And uh, when you make it easy, you make it easy for people to shoot their foot off with it. Right. If it doesn't require discipline to get into it, then people will use it without discipline. And cause that's a really interesting point, though, Jameson. Like, I didn't consider that. That that's really good point. Well, I mean, it doesn't make it any less valid that that's a bad idea. It's just that we couldn't really do that that easily before. Yeah. Yeah. yeah no, and that's definitely true. And they they made it very easy. Their their uh, access to the data attribute is really slick. So you can mm -hmm. very easily store data in data attributes, which is like, oh, hey, yeah, you won't, don't want to store it in the state on the DOM because, you know, like yeah. throwing it in line. So here, you've got data attributes that are now supported in HTML, and jQuery is saying, great, here, let me, let me yeah. make it easy for you to write to them. A byproduct of making the selector engine so easy, too, is that people tend to reselect the same elements over and over and over, even though that can get very expensive instead of just storing it in a variable. Right. So just different things like that that... that uh, Having such a, a beautiful and simple API can can tend to hurt people. And as, as a related thing, their selector engine, the Sizzle uh, selector engine, um, it's not even though it's simple to use. 
how it actually works is complex, and so once you need to actually diagnose performance, it's not the easiest thing in the world to diagnose a performance problem with the selector engine. You know, knowing that it's a it was back to front, and not front to back, is something that most people don't know. And there's no reason to learn that when you're using jQuery for the most part until you have a performance problem. Then when you try to diagnose it, most people would think front to back, but it's not. It's back to front. Yep. One other thing that I want to bring up that has gotten me in the past is not jQuery itself, but just finding the right plugin to do what I want. Yeah. Um, most of the time, it's not that I can't find a plugin that says that it does what I want. It's finding the, the right one out of the, the bunches that come out. So let's say that I want some kind of animation on my, on my page. You know, there are a whole bunch of animation uh, plugins. You know, some of them are in the plugins directory on the jQuery website and some aren't. But then, like, figuring out what's there, what they do, and whether or not it actually does what I want it to do, a lot of times is kind of hard because they're not very well classified. Well, one thing to be grateful for with that is that that scenario, like, literally the only place that happens in JavaScript is with jQuery. With every place else, it's just completely obvious what the right tool of the uh, 40 that's available is, right? (laughs) It's a JavaScript problem, you mean? Now Now he's trolling me. Yeah, now I'm telling you. Like that's so ubiquitous, and if you're gonna if you're gonna develop in JavaScript, you've got to be able to choose one out of fifty options. Yeah, you got to do that over and over and over again. Yeah, I guess the big so thing I was was that the the big thing was is that I guess I expected there to be more information in the plugins directory. Of course, it's changed now. The whole website's changed, so maybe it's better. But right. uh, that was a problem I ran into in the past. Is it's like it does this, and it's like yeah, but does it do it this way, this way, or that way? I remember we had to do a carousel, and we literally went through five carousels, actually implementing them in full, and then had to ultimately had to tear it out and implement another one in full before we found one that actually fit all our criteria, because it's just so hard to know yeah. until you actually throw it on the page and get it start working and find out that, oh, this doesn't work if you have these kinds of HTML and CSS wrapping it. Yeah, and you go and modify it or try and modify it, and that doesn't always work either. And people produce a plugin, and they produce very little documentation for it. It's yep. not like actually jQuery itself, which has well documented. The plugins are very lightly documented at best. Yeah, that's that. That was a real issue. Was that exactly? And I don't really know how they could make it better. I guess they could require more documentation to get into the registry, but then it's again it, one of its strengths is that we, its weakness. The fact that there are so many is great. You have options to choose from, but the fact that there are so many is a burden. Yeah, absolutely. Anything else that we hate about jQuery? Come on, there's got to be more. I've heard some people complain that the I've heard some people complain that the API is too large, and so kind of like the Zepto approach was it, or was it the other one, Ender, where you pick the pick the features you want and then it leaves the rest out. Well, now you can do that with the the grunt setup they've got too so like i'm really happy about that i think that's way cool can i get a link to that grunt setup that you're talking about Uh, it's on their github page but yeah i'll see if i can google that for you all right all right well let's let's get into the picks then joe do you want to start us off i'm gonna pick a couple of books (coughs) this week so i'm gonna pick uh the clean coder which is written by uncle bob martin who uh, if you don't know who uncle bob martin is and you don't follow him and read and listen to what he says then you're stupid because Uncle Bob Martin is definitely one of the people in our industry that everybody should know of and at least hear what he says, whether you agree with everything he says or not. But he wrote a, a pair of books, The Clean, Clean Code and Clean Coder. And Clean Code is about actually writing code. And The Clean Coder is about being a professional developer. And so I guess I'm picking a, the pair here. But they're just amazing books. And in, in reality, in my opinion, if you are a professional developer, you should read the you should read these books. They should be required reading. If we had a certification for this industry, then re- having read those books would be one of the requirements for being a professional developer. Everybody should read the, read those books. They're absolutely full stuff that has nothing to do with whatever, you know, and they're not specific to any given language. They're just about development in general. And especially Clean Coder about being a professional developer really makes, you know, as full of stuff that every developer should know about and should, in my opinion, follow. My second pick is going to be uh, the novel Old Man's War. Just finished that up this last week, and that was a really super, super duper, really. Not just super, it was super duper. <laughs> the highest recommendation. Yeah, that's kind of like the triple dog dare of super duper, of, you know, accolades. <laughs> Superlatives. 
Yes, the superlatives. Yep, it was it was a super duper novel. I really enjoyed it. Had a great time with it. Went through it very quickly. So I'm going to recommend that novel. Pick that. Awesome, Merrick. What are your picks? The first pick I have is the Human Connectome Project. It's uh, it's this really awesome project where they're mapping. They're essentially going to be able to map the human brains, the way the information is flowing for about 1,200 people, and they're going to be releasing the information publicly uh, for people who are interested in informatics uh, want to try and help make connections about that information. It's, it's, a, it's a really cool project, and uh, it, it seems to be, uh, from my perspective, something pretty, pretty awesome. And I'm really excited about where the, the medicine industry is going with that kind of stuff. The second pick that I have is this project called Node Madge. And it's really great if you need to do like static code analysis uh, for AMD or common JS module systems. So you can get awesome graphs and find out circular dependencies and just get lots of really interesting information out of your uh, AMD or common JS driven projects. And then lastly is Hype Machine. It's a website that just decides what music is essentially generating the most hype on the web and Granted, it's often a lot of dubstep, but it's really great for finding new music. <laughs> hey, cool. it doesn't pick the hype, it just plays. Does it, <laughs> yeah, it doesn't pick the hype, it just calculates it. Does, it, does it just pick Gangnam Style about 80% of the time? No, 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 it doesn't use YouTube. It, it, it essentially aggregates a whole bunch of blogs and then gauges the popularity of the different posts on those blogs. Cool. To tell you what the hype is. So yeah, maybe, those, those are my three picks. Maybe scientific evidence that dubstep is the best genre of music. <laughs> or the most popular. Which are the same, right? Whoa. <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> uh, Jameson, what are your picks? I just have one. It's a, it's a book. Today is book day. It's called no or-, or Nothing to Envy, The Lives of Ordinary North Koreans. And I don't know why. I just have this like morbid fascination with North Korea. It's just such, a, such an otherworldly place. And it's, it's a bunch of um, stories collected from interviews with people who have defected from North Korea. And uh, it's, it's written in this like sing-song kind of, it, it, it reads like a fable, but the stories are true. I don't know. It's hard to explain, but it's really interesting. I'm really enjoying it. I'm like halfway through. So it's, it's great. It was like 10 bucks on Amazon. Depressing? What? Is it highly depressing? Is it like, I can't believe um, it? It's... Like- well, maybe it gets depressing later. It hasn't been too depressing yet because the, the people don't really know anything about their circumstances. They're just in them, kind of. It's really interesting. But, huh. yep, that's my only pick. All right. AJ, what are your picks? Oh, I got some picks today. First off, I want to just give a shout out to everybody over six foot two. Say, I feel you. Oh, man. And, uh, me, and my, me and my friend have started a clothing, uh, an apparel company for the tall and slender and our website is currently mensmediumtall.com and we are we got our initial quote back from Korea on what it's going to cost to manufacture t-shirts so we're going to um, within the next month or two get up a kickstarter see if we can get enough pre-sales to make an order do the order and if we get enough of these tall people aggregated together then we're going to go on and do a different style of shirt the next run and so on and so forth until we have a complete solution for people who are tall or long torso. My next pick is a rave. I found out about the Ubuntu phone and I I almost put my iPhone on eBay immediately, but they found out that I won't be able to get the Ubuntu phone for another couple months. Um, but it's basically what you might have imagined. Like imagine if if Google, and not like new Google, but old Google, like the Google that created Gmail. Like imagine that Google creating a phone and how awesome it would be. And imagine that the phone, the operating system was designed for a phone that's as powerful as phones are today. Bam! Ubuntu phone. Okay? And uh, there's a, let me give a link to that so you can watch the video. It's kind of funny because Ubuntu is so copying Mac these days. I guess it goes a little bit back and forth, right? But um, the the video is very Mac-esque, you know, with the white backdrop and like the serious face and the, this phone it's going to be the answer to so many people's dreams, you know? <laughs> um, I also want to pick uh, dance. I'm a big fan of dance, uh, particularly interpreted dance, and more specifically, Jameson dance. Oh, jeez. <laughs> <he>, uh, <laughs> I knew you were going there, but I couldn't stop the train wreck. 
always got insightful things to say and his stuff he posts on Twitter is it's always like really cool articles and whatnot and uh, so I just want to I just want to say thank you you know it's oh, been great thank you also Aaron Frost he did a presentation on motion capture in the browser that blew my mind I didn't even realize that the git user media stuff was finally implemented um, and he's also writing part or all of the JavaScript ECMA 6. And his sense of humor is hilarious. It's going to be a great read, not just technically, but also just the way he goes through it. And then lastly, I'm going to pick my own blog because I'm trying to uh, get some followers and, and whatnot. I'm doing, I'm doing a, uh, I'm, try, I'm trying to get a series together on how to become a web developer starting at day zero. Like, like you can barely figure out how to open up Internet Explorer to you're a web developer. Of course, opening Internet Explorer is explicitly not part of the program. All right. Well, I'll uh, go ahead and do some picks here. My first pick is I ordered these things off of Amazon. I, I'm, I'm an Amazon junkie, I have to say. I have an Amazon Prime account. And uh, I have these plants sitting in my office that I water uh, rather infrequently whenever I remember <laughs> and uh, so I bought these uh, thirsty lights, and so you just uh, stick the end into the the pot, and then it'll tell you if it's too dry. And uh, yeah, so I'm I'm looking forward to trying those out, and maybe my plants will look less dead because I'll water them when I see that the light is on. So that's one pick, and then the other pick that I have is I have an iPhone five, and um, it has that lightning connector. And the problem with the lightning connector is that nobody makes anything with a lightning connector on it. <laughs> it is a problem. And so, um, anyway, I I think I picked last week, I picked the power mat. And uh, one thing that I ordered online was this little battery pack that charges on the power mat. But, of course, it had the 30-pin connector, so I got one of the adapters that goes with it. And I'll, I'll put links to both of those in the show notes. And so now I can, when my phone is nearly dead, which happens when I'm listening to podcasts all day, I can just uh, plug that battery pack in and it charges it up pretty pretty darn quick. Faster than I get off of the plugging it into the wall. So uh, I'll pick both of those and uh, we'll wrap up the show. So thanks thanks for listening. Go leave us a review on iTunes and uh, we'll catch you all next week. Oh, one last thing. Merrick was right. I was wrong. The reason I wasn't getting back traces was because of something I was doing. It's not jQuery's fault. Everything I've said is a lie. The cake is a lie. Oh, oh I, One other thing I wanted to bring up. Joe, didn't you do a jQuery course for... Um, Plural site. Plural site, yes. Yeah, yeah. I I wrote Plural Site's advanced jQuery course. They've got a basic jQuery course and then my course, which is an advanced jQuery course. So if after listening to this blog you want to know more about jQuery, I highly recommend Plural Site's courses. They're fantastic. They do have a free trial you can sign up for. It's a it's an excellent website and a great way to learn about programming. Yeah, and you get to learn it from somebody you've heard of. There you go. All right. Well, that's it. We'll, we'll end the show. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you all next week.